Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much yes, for joining sir. us. And if it's your first time, man, thank you for coming through and listening to what we have to say today, man. Um, so I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Matt. I'm here with my co-host. My name is Rod, and this is The Friends Podcast. Make sure you check us out. We're streaming everywhere. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Also, make sure you check out our socials at The Friends Pod. Yes, sir. Check us out everywhere we are. Um... Usually we do our solo thing where we kind of chop it up about whatever whatever is on our mind for that week. But today we have a very special guest in the building. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So, hey, y'all. My name is Lolly Mariah. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter, and I just like to call myself for overall well-versed creatress. Um, I do a lot of different things. But, yeah, I'm from Detroit. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you absolutely so we're gonna get into everything about you know everything the creatures has going on right now um past present and future but um i guess we can start how we always start so how's everybody week so far let's start with you right um i mean you already kind of know uh what i've been going through with this uh texas move um been looking around trying to find a good spot been asking everyone everywhere i go to what's the best areas no one can uh, seems to help me. They just be like, "Man, you just got to go downtown and and look around." For the most <laughs> part, mm-hmm. because uh, apparently there's a lot of break-ins and stuff that be happening in the area. So they just say, "Yeah, be careful." Yeah. Now you talking about like spots to go out, like apartments, or like what you what you talking about? Yeah, yeah like apartment spots. So I'm just looking okay. for like different yeah. areas and where I should be uh, going to look out at. What about you? What's been going on with you? same old shit i always say the same shit every episode um long week at work as usual Mm. um so this you know this weekend i'm gonna get some editing done probably drink a little something um kind of kick it like that i want to play play this new call of duty game i got as well so we'll get into that um but so how about you lolly mariah what's going on with you this week yeah this week has been a week. It's been hectic. Um, it's all good things though. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm blessed to be busy. You feel me? But um, mm-hmm. this week, just a combination of of work, um, getting all these different projects in for work because I, I okay. work in the youth studio. Um, mm-hmm. So working on all these projects, and then I had filming. I'm in a movie coming up, and then I oh had, shit, what's that movie about? It's I don't know called if you Granny's name, Place. Um, okay. I can't speak too, too much on it till we yeah. finish. <laughs> but um, I do have a starring role, so be looking out for it on Congratulations. Um, that's what's yeah. up. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, that's what's been going on with me and then running around. Um, you know, I was on another podcast earlier this week, which was cool. And mm-hmm. just, you know, just vibing, trying to get everything accomplished. I'm also in school, so... <laughs> It's just it's been a, it's been a little bit of a trip, um, and it's still Doing going. Everything, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm gonna make it. So let's kind of start there. Like you know, you said you you got your hands in so many things right now. Like how is this? Is it easy to manage? Is it, do you have trouble managing sometimes, or like how do you stay like de-stressed from it all? Uh, de-stressed is not the word, but you know, <laughs> okay. you know, a good balance of, of stress and non-stress is, is good actually for, you know, pr- productivity. But, um, I do find it hard to balance things sometimes, but I kind of, I don't know if it's because I'm a Sagittarius or I, I have ADHD or both, but like, I like to be all over the place and do a lot of things anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, it kind of helps me to keep going and keep my energy up to be able to have my just to be able to have my hand in so many different things so um i was really more of just like prioritizing my time and figuring out what i need to do when but Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna do it regardless so so would you say you're like a very organized person where you have everything on a calendar or do you kind of just go with the flow um i very much so go with the flow but also people say that i'm organized but i'm not like I have like th- three different calendars. I got like my Google calendar. I got like a wall yeah. calendar over here. I got a planner, but like it's different things that be in, d- in different places. So really it's not organized, but I do write stuff down. You know what I'm saying? I do. That's step one. You know, it's step one. It's a step. It's a baby step. It's something. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, 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 I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. 
Okay, cool, cool. So um, let's kind of take it all the way back. So you said you're from Detroit. Um, east side, west side? West side. Okay, cool, cool. So um, let's, I guess let's kind of start with, like, how was it growing up in Detroit? Like, what was your experiences, like, as a kid? And, you know, how has it shaped you, you know, into the woman you are today? Okay, so um, I am an oddball. Like, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I don't belong, but there are people like me here in Detroit. Um, but I grew up, it's funny, I grew up in a in a kind of a sheltered home. Um, mm -hmm. I was always a rebel child, so I kind of did my own thing all the time. But, you know, education was really important. Um, you was a single child or did you have siblings? I had siblings. Okay. I you, have You was the youngest, the siblings. middle? I'm like the second middle. Yeah. It was an interesting experience because, <laughs> you know, at one point I was the baby and then another point I was not. And because <laughs> there's like big gaps between my siblings. Like my oldest sibling is like 20 years older than me. And then there's like a six or seven year gap. And then it's my two sisters who are a year apart. Then that's another like six, seven year gap. Then it's me. Then it's like a six or seven or eight year gap. And then it's my little brother and sister. So it's like mm -hmm. big gaps in between. So I'm kind of like the legitimate middle type child. Yeah. You was talking about you was sheltered. Was y'all like a church family? Like where y'all was always at church Sunday, Wednesday for Friday, Bible study, Tuesday. all that. My mama had us yeah. always there. I think that plays a role in like why I'm a spiritual being, but I am not um, a practitioner of Christianity <laughs> per se. So it's, it's interesting. It was a little much for me, but yeah. The church give you like those experiences with like singing and were you in the choir or? Yeah, I was in the choir at church. I was in the choir at school. My mom really had me do as much as she could. Um, yeah. So that I could be singing all the time. So I definitely was in church. Like a lot of, I, I would say a lot of my harmonies and my ability to have like a good ear for music came from church. Mm -hmm. And I would say a lot of my technique came from school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And then, so like continuing to speak on church, like, I mean, I've seen some of your performances on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, you got a, you know, electric stage presence, it seemed. Like, was you doing solos back in church when you were singing? Like, or how did you cultivate that? Yeah, I was doing solos. Um, as much as I could do solos, I did solos. But um, I remember at one point, I did get kicked out the choir because I was just being bad. So... <laughs> how you get kicked out the choir? <laughs> what? Listen, I had, to, I had to sit with the rest of the common folk. It's okay though. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Look where you at now. Look where you at now. So Okay. Interesting. Um Yeah, I was like, you even got your event at a church. I have an event at a church, but it's not a church event. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Like talk about the event a little bit more. What's the harvest fest? Yeah. So okay, so the event is um it's a community harvest day um i'm bringing youth performers because like i said i work in a youth studio so i'm bringing some youth performers some some local performers um some of my friends are hopping hopping by and performing i'm gonna have a dj um a dance more of like a dance uh it's called they call themselves i'm, I'm a detroit i believe they have a certain type of dance music that is from South Africa, but influenced by Detroit techno music. It's really interesting. So I'm bringing, I'm having that DJ come through. Um, we're gonna have other vendors there. It's just gonna be an overall good time. Um, it's in partnership with a, a organization called Hardcore Hitters, um, and they do different things in the community every few weeks. Um, but I, I, yeah, I reached out to them because you know my youth had performed for one of their events before. And I was like, you know what? I really want to do a community harvest day. Like I really, really had it in my spirit to do it. And I'm like, I'm gonna reach out to them and see if they need help. So they is that was already, how it started? Yeah, they was they was already giving away um, food for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving bags. And I was like, well, let's make this a whole event. Let's make people come, want to get their little food, but also enjoy themselves and have something to do. So that's kind of what's, what's about to be in them bags. 
You know, I'm not in charge of the food. If it was okay. up to me, everybody would get some greens and some some vegetables and some other turkey, things. I, don't, I mean, if it was up to me, it would be a vegan bag. But they she gonna, said she vegan. They gonna throw some stuff in there. Oh, I don't want no vegan Thanksgiving. Wow! First of all, <laughs> you're missing out. Okay, you're missing I want some, out. I want something with taste. You know. Like yeah, you're missing out. But I do got a shout out. I got a shout out a couple oh, people. Yeah. I got a shout out a couple people mm-hmm. for that though, because the truth is, I was supposed to be in a promo show. And I got sponsors for this promo show. But it oh, ended okay. up not working out. So I was like, look, I'm doing this community event. I need y'all to stick by me. Let's, you know, support the community. I had sponsors drop. So <laughs> I'm this community event. I, I have a couple of my friends, my friend Wani, who does has fitness. Uh, the world is my gym. And then my friend Inked Annie, she um, supported as well. So with their help and of course my heart, we putting this all together and making it work for the community. That's what I'm really excited about. And when you put these things together and like you even had these ideas in your mind, is it like, is this something that you wish you had when you was coming up? Or like, where, what is your vision when you, you know, do things for your community? Really? Unity. I just love seeing people together. I love mm. seeing that. And that's my biggest thing. Like, you know, I used to put on uh, open mics and showcases. And that was more so, you know, people need to, artists need to be able to see each other and support each other. So when it comes to this community event, it's not necessarily about highlighting artists per se, but just highlighting that there are good things happening in the community. This event is off of Kelly on the east side at Charity Lutheran Church. Like, it's it's an interesting community over there, but it's good things happening, and I want to highlight that. That's my biggest thing. Okay, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Um, all right, I got to get back to this Thanksgiving though. Okay, what do a vegan Thanksgiving look like? Are you eating tofurkey? Like, what's the menu? Okay, so what you call it? Tofurkey. Tofurkey. That's a real thing, but no, <laughs> I'm you won't catch me eating that. That's a little too much. That's a little okay. too much. Um, but we could do other things. You know what I'm saying? So maybe instead of like some people might make chicken. All right. So I might have some fried cauliflower. You can make some macaroni and cheese. You mm. can still make greens. It just you don't add the meat, you know, to that. So you can make some greens. You can make some vegan mm-hmm. cornbread. You can make some vegan dressing. Because clearly if you can make vegan cornbread, there's a possibility that you can make vegan dressing. You could do that. You can make vegan candy yams. You can make uh whatever whatever so how, you want to so make. So how you do how you do the mac and cheese if you're vegan? It's a lot of different ways. Um, so it depends on what you're. You have to create some type of cheese product, but that cheese product could be made different ways. So you could do it with mm. a vegetable base only. So you might use like squash or um just different vegetables like that and blend them up and then create mm-hmm. some type of sauce that's more of like a sauce. Or you might do a cashew cheese. So you let your cashews yeah. soak, and then you blend them up, and then you add some nutritional yeast to some other stuff. You sauce it up, da 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 and you put I'm it... making a you chemistry make it experiment. It is, but it's good, and it's healthier. <laughs> well, listen, mac and cheese... Mac and cheese is never going to be healthy, actually. Like, for real, for real. <laughs> like, yeah. unless you're doing it, like, the all-the-way vegetable way that I mentioned before, like... It's not going to be healthy because you got to just add a whole lot of that stuff. And so it's going to be real heavy regardless if you make it right. So kind of tell me, like, I do my research a little bit on, like, veganism. And I have for years because I want to become vegan, but it's not. It ain't going to happen right now. But I want to kind of, you know, see what's, what was going on in your spiritual journey and your just health journey where you was like, you know what? I'm about to go ahead and change my lifestyle and my and my diet. So what, like, what was that process like? Yes. So my experience, my health journey, my vegan journey is unique because I made a conscious decision at a very young age to start eating healthier. I come from a family that ate everything like pork chops, beef patties, whatever, chicken. Chitlins? My, well, my immediate family didn't really do that because they didn't know how to cook it. My mama didn't really cook very much. So that was out the picture. Okay. Um, okay. But my family did eat chitlins, just not immediately. So- mm. They ate everything and it was nothing wrong with eating everything. You know what I'm saying? Like when my mom, you know, she grabbed a little KFC bucket and call it a day, you know, but I ended up going, (laughs) 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 but I ended up going uh, to different schools. So we actually moved at one point to West Bloomfield. And when I moved to West Bloomfield, I started learning about health. Why? Because they don't talk about health in black communities the way we should. 
So I started learning about health and I'm like, oh, wait, I saw a movie called Food Inc. Mm. And it changed my whole mindset about how food is processed in America, about what we're actually taking in and how it affects our bodies. Like it gave me a whole new viewpoint. So from that point, it was in fourth grade. I said, I'm not eating meat no more. Well, it didn't end up working out because I don't buy groceries in fourth grade. I don't have grocery <laughs> money. So right. it was that early though. That's crazy. It was yeah, the, that the, early. The Food Inc. movie is uh, when they show the animals. Right? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, that and it it just threw me off. So I was like, well, I'm I'm only gonna eat chicken, turkey, fish type thing. Um, what ended up happening was I tried that I tried to not eat meat for as long as I could. Actually, let me say that first. I tried to eat meat for as long as I could, but what happened was my I was in the car with my mama, and like I said, my mama don't really cook that much, so her go to was to go to KFC and get a bucket of chicken, right? Mm-hmm. So we go. I'm I'm hungry. A whole family's out. I'm sitting in the back seat all the way. My mama had a, a, a Ford um, truck, so it was like three rows. I was all the way in the third row, hungry. She goes KFC. She gets food for everybody. And I have a small potato wedges. <laughs> <laughs> I end up crying in the back seat. Because I'm like, I'm hungry. And I don't know what to do. Because I'm hungry. And there's nothing I can do about it. So I ended up caving in and eating chicken. So from that point forward, for the most part, I only really ate chicken. And I had like a little bit of beef or whatever here and there, but I mostly was just chicken, fish, whatever. I okay, so fast forward, we get to uh college. I'm in college, I come home one year, and we it was for Thanksgiving. We had mm-hmm. some leftover turkey. I go to eat the turkey and I put it on my plate and I just stare at it. And I just, it, I couldn't eat it. Like, I could not. Like, it was just something in me. It was just like, this is disgusting. Like, I just can't do it. I don't know why I threw that entire plate away and haven't eaten turkey since. So, that was that. Then, fast forward some more. Okay. I moved to New Orleans. Food galore. Like good food. Seafood galore, right? <laughs> And please believe I smashed, okay? I ate a whole lot of seafood, and it was beautiful, and it tasted great. But I decided that I was going to go one month without dairy products. Mm. And I did it, and I was like, well, if I could go one month without dairy products, I might as well just go one month without any fish either. Yeah. So, technically, I might as well just try going vegan. The last meal I ate that had fish in it was this shrimp uh, this shrimp stew that somebody made. And it was so good. Mm. I had three bowls. Mm, mm, mm. And after that, <laughs> it was a wrap. I've been vegan ever since. So, it's and been a journey for me. That's why I don't ever, like, I don't try to judge people. Be like, oh, you da-da-da. Like, yeah, yeah. be on your journey, but just be health conscious. All I'm telling you to do is be health conscious. You figure out mm-hmm. what you need to do. No, that's real. So if, if someone put you... like a bowl of gumbo in front of you, oh. you just you just not eating it. I've been vegan for almost four years. Why would I? I'm not. I'm no. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's healthy, like it should be all right. What is long? There's there's vegan options for gumbo. Do I know how to make it that's personally? True. No, but I know people who know how to make it. So. Mhm. Mhm. I'm good. And like. What made you um, do dairy first, though? Like that's that's kind of interesting because I'm kind of like that with dairy too. Like I try to stay away from cheese and like milk as much as Going possible. Bathroom, I'm not even lactose. <laughs> I'm not even lactose. Yeah. So, so what was is is that what it was for you? No, but there was a few reasons. Um, one was because that was the one thing I always tell people like, oh, I can't give up cheese. I loved loved cheese with everything like drizzle cheese on my spaghetti you know you know that old yeah. that that church spaghetti where they put the little <laughs> cheese on top the little uh the parmesan not no 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 no. i mean ghetto cheese just the oh. just the the grilled cheese slices that you yep. use you're, you're not talking about the american the craft oven. slices yes i hated that like, i hated, you hated it. that i, I nah, hated that shit was hidden well it was it was fire at the time 
Mm-hmm. All right, it was fire, but at the time, yeah, at the time. But um, that was one thing I said I couldn't give up. So it was like a testament to myself if I could actually give something up. One mm-hmm. and two, I was learning about how mucus forms within the body, how certain yeah. foods create more mucus, and given that I um I have asthma and um allergies and i use i don't really struggle with it anymore but like dry skin eczema and stuff like that like how my body reacted i realized i started paying attention to how my body was reacting when i ate a lot of these things in abundance so Mm -hmm. by cutting it out i was able to see how my body was feeling without it you just had like less pimples and stuff huh yeah like less pimples and like less (laughs) like skincare like you just like your face just got clear No, well, not eating a lot of fried foods cleared my skin more, but mm. not really the milk per se. Mm. Okay, okay. Do you like tofu? Because you was like twisting your nose up at the at the tofurkey, like. Um, you like tofu it? in moderation. I like tofu in moderation. It depends on how okay. it's prepared, but like whole like tofurkey, like. <laughs> That I, I've tried it and it just it just doesn't sit well with me because also it's like what's the point of being vegan if you're gonna eat a whole bunch of super duper processed stuff too? Right. So right. it's like eh, when you giving me all of this whole bunch of like high soy content stuff and that's what I'm eating all the time as a meat replacement. Like, no, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. I feel that. All right, last vegan question, I promise, and we're going to get off this. So for somebody that's, like, aspiring to be, like, they kind of want to get into it, but they're looking for, like, oh, what's the best meat substitute for, you know, to, to try? Like, what would you say that is? And there's something called, like, Satanam or something. Satan? Like, Satan, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I believe that's wheat-based, which I can't have a lot of wheat because it, it messes up my eczema. You shouldn't eat too much wheat anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, well... Whole grains are good, but wheat in particular, the way that it's harvested, and that's a whole nother conversation. But you know, um, uh, meat replacements. I would say, okay, eggs for example. Mm-hmm. Eggs, a good egg replacement. I use the Just Egg because it's actually made out of mushrooms. So I like when things are actually plant based. You know, like they they're not like a whole bunch of like. The the Beyond Burgers and that stuff like good, that, they they're okay. They're they're they taste good, but if you think about structurally, like it's not necessarily healthy. It's just no. I'm talking about the egg. Replacement. I'm talking about the egg. Oh, the just egg. Yeah, yeah the, the mushroom egg based egg. That might be good. It is. Oh, it is. You just you cook it like it's regular egg. Now it does stick to the pan a little bit more than regular eggs do. Even on a so nonstick. No, no. That's what I'm about to say. You got to make sure you have a nonstick. Oh, okay non-stick uh, skillet. Otherwise, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. But that's a good replacement. But in general, I would tell somebody like, don't worry so much about how you're going to replace the meat. Worry about how much you're going to add, how much more you're going to add to your plate, but of other things. So it's like a lot of times people, when they go on vegan, they're like, oh, I got to stop eating this. I got to stop eating that. I got to stop. Like, don't focus on what you got to stop eating. Focus on what you need to start eating. Like, how can you add more colors to your plate? How can you add more vegetables that you haven't tried? How can you add more fruits? Stuff mm. like that. Okay, that's a great answer. Um, now, you've been talking your shit. Like, you just, you, you um, on your health, on the health tip, on, you know, the wellness tip and stuff like that, it seems like you're a beacon of light in the community and stuff like that. And I kind of want to speak on, um, I had read that you had won the Spirit of Detroit Award for 2021. And um, I just kind of want to see, like, what was, like, how did that even feel to you? Like, how did that affect you when you when you found that out? Did you even know? So, um, okay. So, the reason that I got that was because I was a part of an organization that helped put on a really major Juneteenth event. So, I helped coordinate the artistry for that. That actually happens every year. It's called Juneteenth Jubilee Detroit. Um, <laughs> I found out, when I found out, Actually, I don't. I can't remember if I heard it beforehand or I got it when I got to our little um, luncheon that we had. But mm-hmm. when I found out, it was huge. One because I was like, I don't deserve this. What? <laughs> I felt like I didn't. I, no, honestly, truthfully, because um, at the time I had just moved back. I'm from here, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. but I had just moved back in 2020 
um, during COVID. And I was trying to be as active as possible. And so I was really honored to have received it. I just felt like I could have done so much more. But it's all about the but, impact. Me and Launch, you yeah. uh, help people. Right, right. So I have to at the same time not belittle the fact that I did play a role in something yeah. major that was beautiful for the city. During the pandemic, too, when yeah. everybody was staying inside, you wanted to go out and help people and connect people. So I guess, yeah, you can put it that way. <laughs> I just be chilling. You feel me? Like this is just me. So it's sometimes it's weird. Like it's weird to receive accolades for something that is natural. Mm. But that's a good thing that it's natural. Like you ain't trying to do. Like yeah, you trying to, but like you ain't trying so hard. It seems like like you really just want to make a difference. Like you said, you want to see people together and stuff like that. And then just and you doing that, you you won that. And that's super dope. What you was gonna say, right? No, I'm gonna say you have an issue with being celebrated. Like, will you feel like that's like a common thing with you? Like, when someone gives you an award, you don't feel like you deserve it. You feel like you should do more. You know, this is not a therapy session. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is common. Actually, I just went my uh, with my interview earlier this week with another podcast. I was talking mm -hmm. to someone afterwards. Um, one of the podcast members, and they were like, "You know what? Um, you gotta speak about yourself more." And I'm like, hmm. what? I got to talk about myself more. But it's so weird because it's just like, I am i don't mind talking, but I love to listen. I love to hear people out. I love to see what I can do and less of what I can say. So mm -hmm. it's like me being like, yeah, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. And I like, it just feels weird to me. Like, why am I talking about myself so much when there's other things that we could be worried about? But at the same time, I understand the importance of telling people what I do so people know that I'm doing something. It's weird, but yes, to answer your question, I struggle with with accepting those honors. That, that, that <laughs> seems like really weird to me, That being that you're an artist. And normally artists are very in your face, very cocky. They want to tell you everything that they're doing good because that, that's something that social media wants to see. So... It, it might, I, maybe I would go further in my career if I was able to be more boisterous about who I am and what I do. And that I'm trying to figure out how to have that balance and still be humble. Um, so I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, or maybe not. I mean, as long as you're doing the work that you want to do, like, that's really all that matters. Like, people going to love it or they going to hate it regardless but i do want to parlay that into a conversation about your music like i kind of want to give you the scenario like so when you make your music and you know you might let you know your homegirl hear it your homeboy hear it your family hear it i don't know who you'd be having listen but so like how does it feel when you get feedback on that is it hard to receive feedback on like oh this song is dope like or you know like how does that kind of feel when you get that type of feedback a good song is a good song. I always get excited when other people like it. Um, especially when other people like it and I'm not sure if I like it. Because there, I have music where I've made, I'm like, I don't know. But other people are like, no, it's fine. I promise. And I'm like, no, are you sure? So, so yeah, no, I love, I love when people like my music. Um, I need to do better at being open to the fact that people might like it. That's my problem. It's not so much that like, cause I don't mind sharing it, but it's like, you have to, <laughs> you have to ask me like, oh, can I listen to your song type thing sometimes? And I'll be like, okay, sure. Like, I'm never like, I'm not a salesperson. That's not me. So I'm not gonna try to get you to listen, get you to buy my stuff, get you to whatever. I'm like, you gonna vibe with me. And then you're gonna run into my music and you'll be like, yo, that's lit. I like it. And then I'll send you more now because you actually like authentically liked it. It don't work that way in the business world, but that's just how I how I roll. So it seemed like you like the organic type shit. Like I love it. You, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that. It ain't nothing like someone's honest opinion. Like just in the moment. Just like when somebody's just like, oh, this is you? Like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> and so like let's kind of talk about like the beginnings of you you know making your music outside of being in the choir and stuff like that like 
did somebody just take you to the studio one day and it was like, oh, go ahead and get on this shit? Or like, how did that kind of kind of start for you? Man, I wish that was the case. I wish. <laughs> I really do wish that. But no, I um, I, I was, like I mentioned, I was singing my whole life. But I started mm-hmm. writing music when I was young. It didn't always really make that much sense. But I, I wrote little things. I wrote a lot about heartbreak for some reason at first because I had to find where my passion to write came from. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was a great start. It was the start. Um, I didn't start getting serious about writing my music the way I needed to until probably my junior, senior year of college. Mm. Um, because I realized that people didn't realize that I was a singer and that I wanted to be a singer. And I'm like, whoa, y'all really don't know that I'm mm-hmm. talented. Like, I got this. So um, I actually, the first song I recorded I recorded in a friend's dorm room <laughs> in a corner. In the corner. That's in the crazy. Corner. <laughs> yep. And that's how I started making my own music and putting it out there. That's That was the start mm. of it. And it sounded terrible. But I mean, the song was great. Actually, the song yeah. is out. In 2020, I released it. It was a part of um, Doc's Drift Away. That was a part of uh, my album, Ah, Siren. But that that took development over some years and meeting the right people and getting the right um, opportunities in order for it to be on that album. Mm -hmm. And I was you doing showcases back then in college, like before you was recording or like right after you recorded? I did one talent show and that was the start. In 2017, I did one talent show. well, I did a talent show at Howard too, but I wasn't seriously taking my well, I wasn't taking my craft seriously when I was at Howard. So when I was at Michigan State, that's when I did my first talent show. And I was mm-hmm. nervous and I didn't have good breath support and everything was crazy and I was like mad because I'm like, I should have did the song this way, I should have sang it with the track, I should have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I needed that, that was a start. When did you know that you could sing? Did someone ever tell you, like, hey, like, you're a great singer? Oh, I knew. I think that was just something that was innate because I can remember as early as kindergarten being in the little choir and enjoying it. I think it was more less of knowing that I was a good singer and more of knowing that, like, I really enjoy this and I want to get better at it. So because of that, I personally fostered that growth. But then my mother, because her, my grandmother, um, who passed when I was younger, she also used to sing. So mm. um, my mother fostered that talent in me as well. So I knew that I had the enthusiasm for it. And then as I learned the skill, I started knowing that I could sing. And of course, people start telling you like, oh, you got a little voice, so you keep going. And then, you know, I kept going. So I'm here. Okay, super dope. And now, so like going from that dorm room, being in the corner to like, you know, 2022, like when you in the studio right now, like how how, is, how have you progressed in the studio? Like, what is it like now versus back then? Um, I realized two things. One, that you don't always have to be in a super high quality, huge studio to have quality content. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it don't have to necessarily be a corner of a dorm room, but... Yeah. It don't have to be where Future records. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I've progressed in the way that I handle my studio sessions. Um, I, before, I'm like, I'll go to the studio. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to make. I'm like, I, I don't have anything together. I don't know. Like, now, all right, I got a studio session book. I'm doing working on this song and this song. I got the words written out for most of it, if not all of it. I got, um, I thought about how I wanted to record it. I may have recorded it at home first just to see how I like it. Then mm-hmm. I'll go in um, and do it there. Um, and then I, I get real serious. Like, okay, when I'm actually, if I'm working with the engineer, I can be like, all right, this is what I want. Punch me in here. I want to do an ad lib here. I want to do dubs. I want to do this. This is how I'm going to run through it. So like now I just, I, I'm, I'm real efficient. Before I wasn't efficient, and I think that's one thing a lot of artists and engineers aren't aren't really uh, good at is being efficient in the studio. And that's something mm. I've ma- I, well not mastered. That's something I've gotten better at. So, okay. And so, like, 
I mean, I don't know. I feel like as an R&B singer or as a singer in general, I feel like you would need like somebody that could really play, not play with your voice, but like really make your voice sit in the mix in a good way. Like, is it easy to find somebody that could even really put you in that good light and make you sound like, no. oh yeah, like that's the one? It's not. Um, no. I ran the, when I had recorded my first album, Siren, I was really honored to work with an engineer. Um, I was a part of a, actually a cohort of artists in a residency program that allowed mm -hmm. me to finish my album um and so there was one of the engineers that i worked with was was excellent and he was the best that i had worked with i have another engineer that i work with and he lives i think in houston now he used to live in new orleans um and then i've worked with artists not artists i work with engineers out here and i'm not saying that they're not good because they're good for certain genres and certain voice types but I still I've been struggling to find one that really like can mix my voice in there really well. Um, and so I have worked with maybe one my song Hotline. I worked with a producer engineer. Uh, his name is Makai or uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke, baby, Luke. So I worked mm -hmm. with him. He, he, he was pretty dope, but, you know, he's in high demand. So, you know, it's trying to find the right right engineer is never an easy task. It's been years and I still am searching for like, you know, some really quality people to work with. Did so, he come up with the uh, the beat for that hotline truck? No. That came from uh my friend Dijavon. Uh he created that in New Orleans. And well actually he created he put the pieces together. He had these different sounds. And I was sitting there and he was like, I want you to listen to this. And I listened to it. And I was like, move this here, move this here, modulate this up a key. Oh, he was producing. You know, I was given ideas at the time. This was before I started producing. So oh, okay. Okay. I was just like, yeah, move this here, move this here. And I basically arranged the pieces that he had. And then I was like, yes, this is it. And that was a couple that was a few years ago. Okay, okay, got you. And now, so like you did just mention that single hotline. Like when I was listening to it, um, I like how it kind of started off slow, but then like you picked it up and then you started off slow, picked it up, but then you did the whole key change at the end. Like, is that mm -hmm. something that you come up with like before you even get there? Or was that something yeah, like you, in the you vibe? Can dance like, to it. Yeah, you yeah. can for sure. So when I had arranged it, when I told him to rearrange it, that was what mm -hmm. I was feeling. I started off writing and I was like, I was like, how can we do this? How can we switch it up like this? Because it also goes with the the flow of what the song is about. So like my mm -hmm. song Hotline is more of like you get this soft feminine, like I really like this guy, this, I mean, this, this person, like, I really like you, da, 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 like, this could be mm -hmm. great, we could, we could be enjoying our time together, and then it goes into that, but you, you ain't shit, basically, <laughs> like, yeah, it goes, I go off, and then I draw back in, and then I, like, it's so it's supposed to give that feeling, that vibe of real life, when you have, like, these mixed emotions about the situation, mm -hmm. and it's like, you know yeah. what, never mind, it's, it's not worth it, and that was the vibe for that, um, so yeah, I like that. I like that. Now, so is something new coming? Like you got a whole album dropping soon? Like, what's all right, plan so for that? that's a good question. I'm a I'm a preface this by saying that I do have what I call a secret project um, that is out, but it's only on the app, the Phoenix 360 app. Um, uh -huh. I'm deciding if I want to release it elsewhere soon. So that's something to keep your eye out on it's called permission to lollygag um yeah yeah okay. so lollygag means to sit idle chill do nothing so basically permission to do that every once in a while and it's it's very much so um spirit more of a spiritual vibe more of like a meditational vibe more of a self-reflective mm. self-love type thing that you're getting so that's something that you know i i'm looking forward to sharing that more in many ways so just just keep a lookout for that so the project's um, out also, or it's not out? It's, it's out only on an app if you download the app. 
But I may put it on streaming platforms. You pa- you partner with the see. app in particular? Or? Yeah. Okay. So the mm. app actually, um, there's actually an interview online too where I spoke to someone from from the app. But basically, you know, mm. I'm a- able to have the app on there. And if people download the app and sign up and say that they're supporting me as an it, artist. It's kind of like an egg hunt. like a. Yeah, but I get paid yeah. when people sign up. So, what, what, what's the name right of the now. app? Like, that's why I'm trying to. She's just saying Phoenix 360. Okay. It's spelled with the F. F E N I X 360. The number 360. And uh, with this project, you just released it? I released it in February, February 22nd, 2022. Um, that's kind of something I do. I like to release things on twos. So. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, yeah. favorite number? 22 is my favorite number well one of my favorite numbers because it was double of 11 and then as i got older 222 became even more important um and so i actually like have it tatted on my shoulder um Mm -hmm. i have my mantra that i created tatted on my shoulder but the l's so it says live laugh love listen learn lead and be positive is the whole thing but on my Mm -hmm. shoulder it says listen learn lead and be positive and each of the l's are twos so it's pretty cool. Okay. Pretty cool. And you stuff. came up with that? Yes, I did. And I live by it. Mm-hmm. Hey, as you should, as you should. You seem like somebody that might be into like astrology and shit like that. Like, are you into that at all? You know, into it enough to know. Yeah. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a uh, Sagittarius sun, Aries moon, Pisces rising. You feel me? Oh, so you, all, you know all the planets. I don't be knowing all that. That's, I don't know all of them. Thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so like, oh. Uh, how much do you tap into that, like on a on a day to day basis? Like, are you really like, damn, today I'm today I'm gonna have a very Sagittarius day? Like, how do you Mm-mm. feel about that? It don't really work that way for me. Um, I don't get into okay. it where it's like I have to read a horoscope in order to go about my day. I don't do that. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think the true the true essence of astrology is understanding how things work together and how things at a certain time may be, um, why and why they are the way that they are. Um, and just looking at those, um, I guess you could say those coincidences, I suppose, or just kind of finding the purpose in that. And so what I find is I might act a certain way, do something, and then I look back on it and I'm like, okay, I was acting this way and I was really showing this Sagittarius kind of side of me, but this is how I can move forward. It might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. But I, it's really for you to acknowledge those things and change them, not to be like, oh, this is what how my day is going to be. Like, no, it's just observe. It's all about observation. So what are the typical qualities of a Sagittarius for people who don't know astrology like that? <laughs> okay, so a Sagittarius is a sun sign. So typically that that's giving big energy, uh, big energy, um just really maybe really excited maybe really outgoing um it, they they share uh who they are very well um just by being themselves uh, a lot of Sagittarius are social butterflies you see them here you see them there you see them a little bit everywhere but at the same time you don't always see them in packs so they're, they're like isolated fun people but like <laughs> they pop up and then they go away um Sagittarius are often very truthful. Um, yes, we we will we will be pretty blunt about it, and not to be mean. It's just like this is we're just saying it's the truth, and that's, and we're, that's why I fuck with Sagittarius right yes. there because they keep it one million. Which okay, you. even if you don't want to hear it, we gonna we gonna be on it. We go we go keep it. We gonna keep it truthful, but you might not like it, especially if it's about what they like. Like me, I'm a Sagittarius. I do what I would like to do. So if you have a problem with it, I'm just going to let you know what I'm doing. And if you're like, I don't like that, it's like, well, this is what I'm doing. So (laughs) (laughs) don't know what else to tell you. Got to accept it or uh, see you later. And Sagittarius people, we, we do, we are very compassionate. However, we can also just be like, all right, see you later. Real fast. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You said it sounds what? Bossy? Yeah, bossy. Like if, if you don't you do what I say, be. then you gotta go. We can't. Well, it's not that you have to go. It's that we're gonna go. Oh. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I'm gonna tell you this: Sagittarius don't like to be tied down to one thing in too long, like for don't. too long. You have, especially, and that's the thing, that's the crazy thing about, like, relationships, too, is that it's, like, it's not that we can't be in a relationship, it's just you can't make us feel like we're, we're locked down. Like, you can't make us feel that way. We, we will, we will do it ourselves, but once you make it feel like, like, we're restricted, oh, no, it's a mm -hmm. problem, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this shit is, that shit hurtful. Especially dating somebody that is a, that was a Sagittarius before, like it's just like damn, this shit oh. is just like spot on with this shit. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Oh, uh, but so like okay, so we kind of talked about earlier, like you not really being too religious, but um, you know, being spirituality, like in your daily life, like what is practicing that like? Is it something like really super serious for you? Like every day you have to do like yoga, are you doing meditation every day, or like how is that fitting into your life at this point? So, um, pretty much every day is a spiritual journey for me, uh, because I find a purpose in life. Um, I practice, I would say my, the thing that I practice most is the, yeah, the thing I practice most would be, or the philosophy that I practice most would be a Buddhist philosophy. Um, so I actually have, um, this, uh, this mandala, this mandala called a Gohanzin. So basically, like it's a there's a script there that basically says everything, all the different life has all the different life states in it. So like you know, a hell life state, a heaven life state, you know, pain, anger, all of this, all of this is there, and you like chant to it. So not really. What, what does that sound like? If you don't mind me asking. Namio <laughs> Horenge Okay. Oh, you ever seen before. the Tina Turner movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. it's, it's, it's you been a while, though. I've seen it. love got to do with it. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I haven't seen it, but everyone always says that. So if you've seen it, then she's like, Okay. So that's yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah. So that's, that's can the you, form. Can you do that a little slower? Like, like how do, how do yeah. you do it? It's Nam Yo. Nam Yo. Ho. Renge. Renge. Nam Yo. Ho Renge. Yeah. Kyo. Yo. Nam Yo. Kyo with a K. K Y O. Kyo. Nam Ho Yenge K. <laughs> no, you can't do it. Nah, you okay, look, look. I'm gonna break it down. Nam, N A M. Nah. So, nah, nah. That means devotion. Mm -hmm. All right. Mioho. Mioho. Okay, nah, so mioho. this mystic law. This mystic law. Renge. Renge. Kyo. Kyo. So, this is all together, it's this mystic law of cause and of devotion to this mystic law of cause and effect through sound and vibration. Kyo is a sound and vibration. Renge is the, the lotus flower blooming. So the lotus flower blooms and seeds at the same time. So it's just like this concept, this uh, this um, metaphorical concept of cause and effect. Yeah. It, it made me feel better saying it too. Like Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's a little vibe. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty excited. I was like, man, Namie, Mioho. Nam, Mioho. Namieho. Renge. Renge. Kyo. Kyo. Yeah. People, make sure you try that at home because, like, you will, like, immediately, you'll feel better about it. Yeah. Try it. It's, it's a form of meditation. And you just keep saying it. Mm -hmm. And you just, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just gets you into your, like, mindset. It help you clear out everything. And yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. And then aside from that, I also, like, I... I gather myself around spiritual women of all backgrounds not just buddhist not like I, I have christian women friends i have um african spirituality women friends i have friends in different places and we we convene together in different spaces so like on, on the weekdays from 8 to 10 i'm in like this little call this zoom call or whatever and we talk about different things and really uplift each other it's like a sister circle but for spiritual women like it's it's pretty it's pretty dope so i i make sure that it's a part of my daily life even though it's not like me going to a church you know i'm praying to baby jesus um so i guess we can kind of like not close it out all the way but i'm gonna try to like go towards the, the end half here so um, I kind of want to give you give you the opportunity to speak about the low key collective because I just saw that in your bio and I kind of want to see like, you know, right. what is that and like what do you, what does it stand for? You know? Yeah, I need to actually 
post more with that and I have some plans. But uh the low-key collective started off as just low-key, um, low-key Nola actually, because I started it when I was in New Orleans. Um, it started as someone was giving me the opportunity to share my voice when I was in New Orleans. Um, his name was Tino and he had a um a cafe, a small cafe. Um very, very black people oriented like it was very afrocentric but uh he gave me this platform to be able to perform and i first it was, i was gonna try to get a band and everything but i wasn't in that space yet like i wasn't quite there yet so what we ended up before doing before you get on to that you said he owned a tea shop right yeah a little cafe yeah what, what was like black people favorite tea you know, he had, it was one of those cafes that have a little bit of random of everything. So it wasn't really like, mm. <laughs> it wasn't like what particular types of teas or coffee. They just. I thought they maybe had, they had like a fusion or something like. Yeah, nah, uh, that, it wasn't that, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> this wasn't that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we turned it, I turned it into an open mic. I had a lot of supporting people around me and. I ended up doing it almost, it was weekly at first. Then we were able to do it bi-weekly. We moved a few different times. And um, after, when COVID hit, you know, things were starting to die down anyway. But when COVID hit, it was like, what else am I going to do? Came back to Detroit and I ended up doing doing it virtually. So, well, I did some virtually in New Orleans and then also in Detroit. I did some competitions. We raised money for artists in New Orleans after the hurricane um okay. i i just found ways to support artists that's really what it is and so when i moved to detroit i was like okay well it's technically not low-key nola anymore because i'm not only in new orleans doing this so mm -hmm. i'm like how can i expand that reach so i called it the low-key collective or tlc which is like tender love and care um mm -hmm. And because just because I want to show that there is artist community. And so anything that I do is either, you know, sharing someone else what they're doing in the community with for artists or I'm doing something to uplift artists in some way and highlight what they're doing in some way um, with that. So I need to do more. But at one point we were doing we were on Clubhouse. We were doing uh listening to artists songs doing reviews and i was creating spotify playlists and everything else um so i need to get back into that because that was actually really fun and i met a lot of really dope artists but you know we're, we're gonna be picking it up and when i'm in new orleans we're gonna be doing more shows too so that's actually what i want to get into is like this collective like the some of the other people that you work with who are behind the scenes maybe are working side by side with you those people, how do you find them and how do you create that network to want to do these community events and things of that nature? Uh, it goes back to those authentic relationships that I build with people. Um, I build that trust amongst people. And so when the time comes where I have an idea, I'm like, oh, you know what would be really great? I know an artist, a, a creative drawing uh, artist who would be really great here at this event. Or I know a sponsor, I know someone who owns a business who might want this promotion and may want to sponsor. Like I, I know a few artists who really great um, spoken word and know how to perform without using profanity for a certain type of event. So I'm gonna grab them. Or like, it, it's really just seeing who I authentically have made connections with and I can vouch for. And I'm like, you know what, yeah. I support you, you support me, let's do this together. So it's still hard because it's not like, it's not like I have a solid group of people that I always can go to right now, but it's, I have quite a wide range of people that I could go to and just see who's down. Yeah, it seems like you know how to facilitate people for sure, depending on whatever you want to work on and you know who to call. Um, yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little tired. Um, I, I, I hear you. I'm working I hear you. It's on been it a long week. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's dope. So it, so it sounds like it's just not just artists, it's like music artists, it's artists, it's just people maybe with businesses. Like it's just everybody. Mm -hmm. Like you said, building that community and seeing people together. Am mm -hmm. I getting that correct? Yeah. It that, that's exactly correct. That's what it's about. All right. So I, I guess the last thing that I want to get to here is um, I noticed when I clicked your link. 
it took us to this cannabis uh, education. And I was, I wanted to get your like your take on that. Um, like, how did you get involved with that? It said like you're a pharmaceutical student and you're partnering yeah. with all these people and you're educating people <laughs> about the importance of, of cannabis in people's lives and, and enriching. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a well-versed creatrist. I do quite a bit. So it's like, <laughs> you know, name something, I probably do it or have done it. But um, with the cannabis situation, um, my okay, so my undergrad degree is in psychology. And one of the things that made me want to go into psychology was understanding, well, learning how people interact. And then also because when I, I had my first experience with cannabis, it was mind opening to the point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to understand how this works and why it does and all mm -hmm. of this. It, it was just like really interesting, <laughs> you know, because they, they say, you know, stoners, people who smoke are like lazy. And I'm like, I beg to differ. I'm studying right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And I definitely want to tie in cannabis and music therapies. Um, so I'm mm. right now in this, in school. I'm going to get a master's in May. Um, okay. in Congratulations. Yeah, man. thank you. It's in medical cannabis science and therapeutics. And it's through medical the School of Pharmacy okay. at University of Maryland, mostly online program. But um, I have to be there once a semester. So mm. um, I'm studying that. And I also work with Collexium, uh, Collexium underscore Detroit. Um, they are a cannabis woman owned Detroit grown cannabis brand as well. And I was Fire. like, yeah. So I was like, if I'm gonna go to school for this, I'm gonna start making money for this right now. Period. You hear me? Like what? Going to school is cute, but it don't make <laughs> sense to go to school and not start making money. So yeah. as soon as I, I was on clubhouse and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my educational and just my career in general, um, on the science portion of it. Right. And somebody mentioned this program. And so I did this program. I used a social media app. I used Clubhouse to network with people and get recommendation letters to get into school. I got into school and then I looked for organizations or cannabis businesses that align with what I do and my purpose. Collexium was one of them because they have community events and different things like that. And, um, but it's also clearly cannabis and it's women. I love empowering women and I love empowering black women. So I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was like, this all lines up. I'm going to apply to be a brand ambassador. Boom. Got it. So now I'm a brand ambassador. I work for them for at events, make money, do whatever I'm in school. Now I'm going to be creating edu educational program as a part of my master's project for this cannabis company. And I'm going to be able to share that with this, with Detroit, you know, with the, our communities and really put my degree into action, get some experience with that and also help to educate about, you know, how cannabis works, who and who should and shouldn't be using it, all of that. So it's like really cool, like how everything just kind of naturally just lined up. But I've been making these strides. And so cannabis is important for me to share. Yeah. So, yeah. So. What are some frequent, frequently asked questions, FAQs, that you typically see for people who want to partake or educate themselves? What do people typically ask you about? So I think one of the biggest questions that people are not sure about is like THC versus CBD. Because you see like CBD everywhere, right? And you're like, okay, it's in the gas station. Like, yeah, bro. <laughs> Like, what is it? It's K2. Right, like, exactly. And so what's important to know is that uh, THC and CBD are um, basically parts of this cannabis plant um, that have different properties. So THC is what gets you high. CBD has more of a physiological effect and less of a brain effect um, as far as, like, psychoactivity. So, like, you're, you're not – if you – ingest cbd in some way you're not going to be like oh look the clouds laughing at me like that that's not it um but you know that it could help with an, uh, anti-inflammatory properties and 
Um, it may be helpful in mood disorders and different things like that. You'll see CBD coming into handy. THC does have some benefits as well, but understanding the importance of how much to use and everything is really is huge too. Um, so if you're taking something with CBD, you won't get high. I'm just letting people know that that's really huge. And um, yeah, that's I think that's the biggest question that people often have because they don't know what it is. Um, yeah. And what's the way that people should smoke? If you was like for someone new. So here's the deal. There is called routes of administration, right? So that could be ingesting it via edible form. It could be smoking. It could be uh, vaping it. It could be um, the butters and stuff. Yeah, I mean I, that would that would fall into dabs. edible edible. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. So um, those that's called routes of administration. Really, truthfully, you know how it's used would be dependent on the person. So if you are someone who struggles with um, some type of lung disorder, maybe combustion in the lungs, so something burning and going into your lungs might not be a, the best idea for you, right? right? Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Maybe you might want to stick to an edible if that's what you're going to do. Or, you know what I'm saying, understanding like, the, the edible side of it, you want to make sure you're getting a certain amount of milligrams, whatever your dosage uh, is for you, because you don't want to take a whole bunch and then now you're like super duper high and it doesn't actually so don't. help you. So there's not really a right or wrong way because every single person is different and you've got to figure out what works. But I will say this because I'm partial and that this is healthier um, if you smoke papers only. Okay, period. Uh, nah, uh, we don't do that. We ah, backwoods. <laughs> backwoods. Come on now. So there's actually studies that show that a smoker who smokes only um, cannabis versus mm -hmm. a smoker who smokes uh, tobacco have different effects on their lungs, right? So actually someone who smokes cannabis only actually may see an increase in their lung capacity and how they're able to actually like respirate versus someone who smokes tobacco who actually you'll see a, a decrease in their lungs ability to do what they're supposed to do um damn really interesting something to keep in mind i have asthma so you know smoking isn't always the best option for me but when i do i find that smoking papers doesn't affect me in the same way that smoking tobacco would i almost immediately have asthma problems if i smoke tobacco yeah. i do not blame you because papers is cleaner it is cleaner i will admit but just something about that i don't know i guess i don't like my lungs i just like i don't know <laughs> i like backwood i mean <laughs> i'm gonna take your advice but i've definitely had some moments where like you get high and then you go work out and i'm like uh -huh. man like i'm running so much faster i felt like like what you were saying the air <laughs> intake like in my chest when i was running i was like Cause I don't know, you don't think about the time so much. You just like you just moving, in a sense. Mm -hmm. But what you think you Superman or something? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was feeling. Like I was like, man, this workout is like you got to go like particularly high. Like some people got to try it out. I guarantee it. Like it's gonna make you want to go. But Lolly, like I do love that you're very, you know, educated about this and like the actual the uses and like you said, uh, I I can't even remember what the, the term you just said about the intake of like you said forms of oh routes of administration routes of uh, routes of administration. I love that you're so educated about this because a lot of people they just pick it up like they might be 16 like oh I'm just smoking with the homies with my homegirls. So I think just having the education, especially in Detroit, where it's like you go get a card. You can so go get easy. you some recreational. So it's like yeah. you got to learn how to use that in an efficient way. Yeah. Um, so that's a beautiful thing. Is that why you did that? Like, or what made you get your master's in, in that? I wanted to better understand um, herbal techniques to healing. And so that's not only, that's not exclusive to cannabis because I have herbs in my kitchen. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I just wanted to just get a better understanding of an approach that um, would be progressive, but also very informative. And so I'm like, okay, if I can learn this, I can share it. And so we won't see it becoming 
like so much of a commodity where we we don't think about the health benefits or even the health risk like it's just like oh i'm gonna just do it like if that's how you want to live your life yolo <laughs> like you feel me right. but like yeah. but no like i really want people to to be knowledgeable about what they're putting in their bodies that goes to me me being vegan that goes to the exercise that i haven't been doing for the past few weeks that i'm gonna pick up that goes to like all of just the community wellness in general that i push towards that's that's huge for me so i wanted to study cannabis so that i can figure out how how to heal with myself, but how to share how people can properly heal using herbal medicine. Yeah, it's important to educate for sure. No, that's definitely a great answer, but I think we can wrap it up here. Um, I, we definitely appreciate you for coming. Um, let me just say this. Y'all check out that Harvest Day. It's on 17220 Kelly Road in Detroit, Michigan. They got workshops. Go check it out. Health and wellness stuff, dance stuff. The kids can come Concert. through. Concert. They got the food. They got the bags. All that, mm-hmm. yes. all that, or and you go go ahead and follow Lolly. We're gonna put Lolly stuff in the um, description box so y'all can check her out. What about for the kids? What what the kids got to do there? Oh, we're gonna have a, a artist there, um, selling her art, but also uh, coordinating the art tables for the kids to be able to draw and Dope. create. Yeah. And I want us to have a nice big uh, board of creations afterwards. Okay, super dope, super dope. So I guess any last words before we get out of here, Lolly? Um, keep your head up, listen, learn, lead, and be positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, live your life. And we out. I feel that this has been the Friends Podcast, and we out. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>